Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Breakfast special. Welcome to the Breakfast Show's Environment Special Climate Connections. Breathe in and breathe out. That simple act of inhaling air keeps humans and many other living beings alive. Gases and particles in the air are often unseen, but their influence can be surprisingly visible. Air pollution is a key cause of disease and death of millions around the world. And it's closely intertwined with climate change as they share the same root cause, human emissions. Clean air is a fundamental human right. Yet the reality in Poland tells a very different story. It has some of the most toxic air in Europe, with 23 of the 50 most polluted EU cities located in the country. Each year, some 40,000 lives are lost to pollution-related illnesses. Multiple research show that respiratory and cardiovascular diseases like asthma shave around a year off the life expectancy of an average Polish citizen. The bad air quality has also affected biological rhythms like menstruation cycles of females born in Poland from 1993 to 1998. In the most polluted cities such as Krakow, for about 150 days per year, concentrations above the EU daily limit are registered. This is why 2023 Earthshot Prize finalist Anna Dworakowska and a team of like-minded individuals set up Polish Smog Alert. We started our campaign 10 years ago in Krakow, and I think the main motivation was anger. We were really, really angry with the air quality uh, in the city. At that time, Krakow was choking on smog. We were choking on smog. Our little children were choking on smog. As a group of friends with really different backgrounds, some of us into environmental economics, some of us working for NGOs, teachers, uh, scientists from different fields, we decided to do something about about it, believe it or not, 10 years ago, we didn't have access to such simple information as, as current air quality data. Uh, you had to know where to look for this data and you had to know uh, how to interpret it. So we translated it into normal human language and people got really, really angry. And soon we built this whole community around the issue. We were joined by scientists, doctors, epidemiologists, journalists who started to write a lot about this issue. And yeah, after one year of a long campaign, uh, a very intense campaign, uh, regional authorities adopted a ban on burning coal. Uh, this was soon joined by a ban on burning wood in Krakow. There was a transition period of around six years to let people replace their coal boilers. The main problem in Krakow and in Poland with smog uh, is actually the burning of coal, wood and waste in households for heating uh, in like old type boilers, which we call smokers because they emit a lot of smoke. We started with three grassroots organizations and now we gather over 50 local smoggers spread around the whole country. The fact that we are a large umbrella movement gives us power to fight for important changes on the national level. Since then, there has been a 20% reduction in premature deaths. In Krakow, smog levels have seen significant improvements and smog days have been cut to about 40 from a staggering 120. But as winter sets in, the challenge of air pollution becomes particularly urgent once again. 
Poland is a cold country. Actually, today it's only seven degrees Celsius. Uh, so uh, the heating season is unfortunately starting and it lasts for half a year. Yeah, from October to March, it is cold and you need to heat your house. The most popular form of heating is still coal. However, this is diminishing and already one million households gave up coal heating. When uh, we were fighting for the first coal ban in Krakow, several hundred scientists from Krakow's universities signed a petition to regional authorities. That was quite a bold move at that time because, you know, Poland is a country with a lot of coal mines and to ban coal, even in one city, was quite a bold move. One of the most interesting things that we did several years ago, together with the Krakow University of Science and Technology, uh, we bought particulate matter sensors, uh, quite good quality equipment, and we put it on cars. And during the night, we would go through streets of different towns and villages, and then we produced maps of air pollution, like snapshots, something like smog street view, like Google street view, but with smog, with concentration of particulate matter in different locations. And this was an eye-opening research and really a game changer because it showed to many decision makers that air pollution is not only a problem of big cities in Poland, but mainly actually a problem of villages and towns where the concentration of these old type boilers and single family houses is much greater than in big cities. Despite the challenges, Anna says the scale of impact she's seeing is rewarding. This program has a quite large budget because it's $25 billion. When it comes to the selection of an alternative source from coal, there is a wide range. The most popular choice right now are heat pumps, and actually around 55% of applications to that subsidy program, they are for heat pumps. Throughout these last several years, the popularity of heat pumps has uh, skyrocketed, actually there is a huge market change. Um, Other sources include pellet boilers, so biomass boilers for pellet, and also uh, gas boilers. Meanwhile, in the fields surrounding New Delhi, another form of burning plays out. Smoke from man-made infernos fills the air as farmers burn agricultural waste amounting to about 120 billion US dollars each year. Uh, The practice of the open burning of agricultural waste finds its roots in the Green Revolution. And farmers are not to blame for this. They feel that they have inherited this practice from their forefathers. And this is the way they have been used to farming. They don't like burning it, but there are no alternative solutions available. It's most severe in northern India. And it's primarily because this region has gone into a systemic rut of a rice and wheat cropping pattern with a very small gap in between the harvesting season of one and the sowing season of the other. And as a result, a lot of biomass is just left on the farm after the harvest of the rice crop, for example, and there's very little time to handle it or deal with it. And the quickest and cheapest way is to just set it on fire and burn it. Because in 10 days' time or two weeks' time, the farmer needs to plant the wheat crop. Such small-scale rural farmers are often most severely impacted by the resulting air pollution. But Earthshot Prize winner Vidyut Mohan says they're ignored as stakeholders in the new value chains created to fight climate change and environmental degradation. Armed with a dream of effecting change for these rural communities, 
Vidyut founded a social enterprise called Takachar to literally put out the fire. So there are plenty of ways to collect biomass. There's a lot of equipment available in farms where farmers can just rent it out and they can just take the biomass out from the field and not burn it. But the challenge here is now, what does one do with that biomass? Uh, there are very limited value creation opportunities that are not a cost for the farmer. Any solution that is a cost to the farmer will not find traction because these farmers already have very thin margin on selling their crop produce and they don't want to impact that further. With that in mind, Vidyut developed a cheap, small-scale portable technology that converts crop residues into sellable bioproducts like fuel and fertilizer. We chose a portable equipment because one of the limiting factors of creating value from biomass is just the logistics cost of transporting this biomass to a centralized location and processing it. The material is very voluminous in nature, it's very loose, bulky, often wet. So it's very expensive to transport and very cost prohibitive. So the idea of a portable machine was to take it where the biomass is and process it into uh, these valuable carbon-rich products on site and thereby save these logistics costs and get that cost advantage and make it more economically viable. So the technology works similar to a coffee roaster where instead of roasting coffee beans, you're roasting biomass in insufficient amounts of air. And the process takes out the low energy containing molecules and leaves behind a dense carbon rich material called biochar. This biochar can be used as a soil amendment or a fertilizer for crops, which uh, helps in improving crop yields for farmers but also at the same time sequesters carbon in the soil on a thousand year time scale. So it's also a carbon removal solution. It can also be used to make activated carbon. Activated carbon is a valuable commodity that's used to make uh, materials like water filters and has a lot of industrial applications. Winning the Earthshot Prize in 2021 has also helped Vidyut's team grow from 3 to 15. They've also managed to improve on research and scale their invention commercially. We set up systems in place in the company to make it ready for scale. Along with that, we have had commercial deployments in Kenya, Northern India, Southern India, and we're having a couple of more commercial deployments in Eastern India uh, and Southeastern India uh, this year as well. We've also had a few commercial deployments that we own and operate in Canada and the US as demonstrations to some customers who are interested in our equipment. There also, again, forest fires are a big issue, so we work on that problem in those regions. And uh, we're executing carbon removal projects together with our partners who are making carbon removal purchases through the deployments uh, that we're making. And we had a recent carbon removal credit purchase as well through that. One breath at a time, these eco-warriors are putting a lid on burning so their communities can get a whiff of fresher air. So by 2030, we would like to see most of Poland actually to be in line with WHO uh, guidelines. Uh, and, but what we would like to really do is to go outside of Poland and help uh, similar movements to ours grow uh, around Europe and maybe uh, even globally, because we can see that the power of citizens united together uh, to fight uh, for clean air really can bring quite good results. It's a fundamental right and governments need to ensure that and all of us need to strive for that. 
unfortunately i know it's it's not going to happen in an instant it needs hard work and effort because it's a very complex problem with a lot of stakeholders involved and many sources of air pollution agriculture and forest waste burning is one source but there's so many other sources my hope is that in 10 years time we are able to reach the air quality guidelines set by the who which are pretty stringent guidelines and everyone has the right to breathe clean air anywhere and everywhere irrespective of the geography or the city or a rural area this was climate connections on money fm 89.3 to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app that's a w e d i o audio at the app store and google play